The Upsiders podcast. My name's Victoria Jones and I'm in the business of empowering people to become successful business leaders and influencers. Through this podcast, I want to equip you with the knowledge and inspiration needed to take your own business to the next level, build your brand and fast track your entrepreneurial journey. I'll be interviewing the world's most successful business leaders, innovators and influencers. We'll delve deep into how they kickstarted their business, the tips they've learned along the way and reveal what it takes to succeed. Today, I want to talk to you about turning your passion project into a profitable business, whether it's interior design, a clothing band or um, an events business. I know many of you have side hustles or projects you'd love to turn into a full time gig. Well, luckily today we have the super inspirational and lovely Lola Berry, who's done just that. She's flown up from Melbourne to Sydney, so we're really privileged to have her here today. If you haven't heard of Lola before, Lola is a nutritionist, author and yoga teacher who's built a business and loyal following from inspiring people to better their everyday lives. She's a self-confessed health nut who has a holistic and realistic approach to wellness and healthy living. She educates her community on improving their health through her cookbooks, yoga tips and videos and some amazing content on her Instagram too. Lola's also a regular on Channel 9's Today Show. She shares her wellness tips and cooks up delicious recipes. Her books, to name a few, include The Happy Cookbook, The 2020 Diet, Beauty Food and the Yoga Body. And Lola regularly gets asked to speak at events to share her expertise. I think, actually, Lola, you've just come from running a workshop, haven't you, at um, a new co-sharing space in Alexandria? Yes, spot on, Kafnu. I have. It was good fun. And was that around mindful eating or yoga? What was We ended up talking debunking diets. Yeah. So there's just so many diets at the moment. Everyone wants to know whether intermittent fasting is good or bulletproof diet's good or blood group diet. And so we kind of just debunked a lot of the popular trendy diets out there. And what was your advice? Do you have a you do don't you. follow them? You do you. Yeah, no, you take a little bit from everything. You try it on and you see what works for you and you'll know some things make you feel great and some things make you feel crap. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Am I allowed to yeah. swear? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was actually more about like tuning back into yourself and your body will tell you what it likes and what it doesn't like as opposed to sticking strictly to one kind of diet. Yeah, well, they're not sustainable often if you follow one of those diets. They mm. last a few weeks and then it's yeah. back to how you used yeah, to Yeah, you end up binging on like Tim Tams or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> You're exactly. missing out, yeah. <laughs> um, so take us back to where... It all began like how you first came up with Lola Berry and and trained as a nutritionist and was it always something that you wanted to do? So, well, first of all, my real name isn't Lola Berry. It's Lauren Smith. It's oh, like that's my new name to me. I my... didn't know that. <laughs> well, when you said Kevin Lola Berry, I'm like, I should probably tell the story. So I've always been a Lauren, but my first really serious boyfriend was like, my sister's name's called Lauren. This feels weird. Can I call you Lola? Because he's like, I can't be dating someone with the same name as my <laughs> yeah. sister. And I was like, yeah, no worries. And it really stuck. And then I was working in fashion at the time and my co-worker would always say, how's my little Lola Berry today? And that was where Lola Berry came from. So it just stuck from like hanging out with people that I love, really. Like it, oh, that's it, cute. It, very organic. And then as far as like the health stuff, I used to be so unhealthy. I was a DJ. My favorite food was lamingtons and giant caramello koalas. I was, I wouldn't say I was, I definitely wasn't unhappy, but I hadn't found my groove. Like I was constantly, I was kind of like searching and um, 
I went on this summertime detox. I started dating my DJ teacher. I fell madly in love with him. And I was like, well, I want to look good on the beach in the summer in my bikini. So I went on what I called a summertime detox. It literally meant I just stopped eating lamingtons and giant caramel koalas (laughs) and started eating really good, healthy, clean food. And I found I lost heaps of weight, but I actually found that was just a byproduct. I noticed I slept better. My eyes were clearer. I was a nicer person. And that's when I was like, huh, food can have a real big impact on your health. And that was when I got really into like, reading about superfoods and learning about like the way certain foods can impact the body, like broccoli working on phase two liver detoxification and, you know, parts of components of blueberries being able to cross the blood brain barrier with glucose, like just little things that I was like, ha, this is amazing. And then I was watching a Steve Irwin doco and I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to bring like wellness and lifestyle and kind of like, to the masses through media, like through filming. I loved his like style. I loved that he was like authentically and unapologetically Very Aussie and yeah, real, super Aussie, it? which as you know I am. Like I'm ve- normally anytime I do a speech, I'm like, and I'm the resident bogan. So <laughs> I don't I'm probably like the most bogan of the health world, I'd say. So it's and it's not but my dad's like, oh it's cause you like Steve and that's why your accent's like that. I'm like, no dad, it's cause you're my dad and I've learned my <laughs> accent from you because I've grown up with you. And he's like, Oh, my accent's not your not as strong as yours. And I'm like, mate, it is. He's <laughs> on my Insta stories, everyone can probably vouch for me. <laughs> that's cute. Well, I think that's really important is that you you're accessible to to people, I think that, you know, when you first started, you were one of the first so-called influencers, weren't you, in Australia to actually be leading this health movement that was accessible. It wasn't these, you know, people that sort of looked at and like, gosh, I can never be like that or, you know, the health eating wasn't fun, was it? Yeah, I mean, when I started, because I wrote my first book when I was 23, so that's 10 years ago. And uh, when I was in it, Sarah Wilson really paved the way. So Sarah Wilson and Pete Evans are kind of like the two big health kahunas. And then I came in after or under that kind of banner. So I think that the health and online influencer world is probably like from the health perspective, it's probably got a lot of thanking to do to Sarah Wilson because with that whole I Quit Sugar movement is where a lot of all this stemmed from. Yeah. And And how did you develop your niche? Like did you, you know, she's obviously I Quit Sugar and Pete Evans is the paleo. How did you define your I mean, niche? mine's becoming less and less a food niche. I'm just like, you do you. Like, you know, like my my gig is like living my truth and hoping that inspires other people to live their truth. And that to me is not food. Like that to me is life, you yeah. know? So food and health is a ginormous element of that, which is why I'm passionate about it. But at the end of the day, like the health uh, industry, especially the health media world, it's so flooded. Like... There are so many. When I bought books out, there was none that looked anything like mine. Now it's like I'm just one of like 40 or 50 options for people. So it's a very flooded industry now. So I'm kind of like now I'm getting more into like spiritual stuff. I love my yoga. Like I think mental health is really important that no one really talks about. Like um, I have a therapist I see once a week. Like I love all that now. So as far yeah. as like my niche then, my niche then isn't what it is now. now so I'm, it's evolved. Yeah, lot. heaps, heaps. And is that important, do you think, when starting a business? Because I've had the same with my business. It's evolved. And I think some people when I they start I remember when out- you and I first met at Body Mind Life in um, 
yoga in Bondi. Yes, do you remember that? Yeah, I do actually. Back in yeah. the day, that'd be like six years ago now, I reckon. And was I hustling you to I could become your agent? I think. Well, I was... you were. You wanted my mate. I already had an agent, so you were after my, my one of my mates that was like a life coach. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you and I got on real well. I remember, yeah. and you came to one of my classes when I was teaching. Yeah, I yeah. remember that. I still do the pointy Barbie to- toes. Yeah, there was like a yoga thing, that, yeah. and it was good. And I remember thinking. Because you'd said it like then the way you did and you your yoga classes are very unique too. I re- always remember that. Goes I through. love teaching. I got in so much trouble teaching there. Why? So because I, I am like very honest and very real and like I used to be a DJ so I love like doing yoga and music. It just like so I polarised people. So people loved it like you did. Yeah. Like, like oh, you had an interesting way of teaching but some people that were like strict yogis or like wanted a specific style, I was like, people didn't want to borrow me. I reckon it was teachers that had more of an issue with me, but I was I had no idea until like uh-huh. one of the head trainers pulled me aside and said, Do you realise that we get the most feedback about you, both good and totally negative? And I'm but like But that's when you realise you're successful when you're polarizing. I think if you're you everything reckon? if you're everything to everyone, then you you're probably not living your true purpose or you oh when, you? when they said that to me I was like check you guys like I'll do this until like something else comes like I was just like Pff. like I don't really give a minus <laughs> yeah. I don't know I don't give an f about what people think of me like I'm just like I'm gonna do me and I, I don't I'm it's over clearly trying to, well I'm just okay. over trying to impress people and it's yeah. taken me a long time to get to that stage and I did it definitely at the beginning of my career I cared about what people thought of me I cared about what I looked like on tv I cared about like you know, how many likes my Instagram photos got. Now I'm just like, fuck this. I'm just going to live my truth and hopefully that that resonates with people and I'm constantly evolving. And, and for the first time in ages, I bloody love that. I love that, like, the world's your oyster. You can do whatever you want and everyone is going to judge you. I say to people when it, often I talk about body image stuff and um, yeah. I say to people, I learn pretty quickly I'm always going to be too skinny for someone and too fat for someone else. You know, like people comment yeah. on my body all the time. And so I figure, well, fuck it. Why not just do what feels good for me? Exactly. That's the, you know, living authentically, that's all you can do really, isn't it? And I think especially in this world of influencers now, it's almost got a little bit of a bad name, the term influencer, because you get these people that, you know, put up these images that are maybe not attainable or... Probably you know, face-tuned, like yeah. edited to <laughs> yeah. within an inch of their life. Yeah. yeah, and I think with the new generation coming through, it can probably be quite overwhelming when you're going through school and you're seeing all these images of different people that, you know, are living this sort of fake lifestyle or so-called lifestyle. And I think it's really important to have people like you that cut through the bullshit, really. And um, Well, we were just talking before we started recording about a, a mutual friend of ours, Guy, so for yeah. people that don't know Bondi Harvest. I get on with him mm. so well, and that is purely because he is salt of the earth. He is a real human. He is what you see is what you get, and that's why I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hang out with you again. Like, time stops. We're just like, it, it's, it's, it's so rare that you meet people these days that are so genuine from their heart, and they... Yeah. And that's what I like about liked so much about Steve Owen. He unapologetically was him. Yeah. You know, and I think it's very rare. Like you meet I meet so many fuckheads from the industry. Like, like I'll I'll go to like launches and events. I'm like, I just spent two hours talking to dickheads. 
Like, I feel that yeah, a lot. It's better not to go then, isn't it? You Some think I go that? to and I'm like, oh, my God, I met that one really amazing person. And so sometimes it's so worth it. Like you guys, like you meet, there. I'll be clear, there are amazing people in the industry, but there are also wankers. It's just like the way it rolls. Yeah, and especially in media. Like I used to be a journalist in um, women's fashion magazines. Yeah. And I've never met so many, you know, fake people, people that, put out this certain image of themselves or have to be seen a certain way and it's you know when you first start out you're you're like oh gosh do I need to change or become a bit like this and then you know proper devil wears Prada side and then you think actually no I'm just gonna be myself and it takes courage to do that though and I've got a word for those kind of people because I shouldn't swear too much I really really swear my dad's like Lola that was a great podcast but what was your language and I'm like (laughs) gotta pull it in but we could I, edit it another version for uh, him if you want. Dad's version. No, yeah. no, he's used to it now. But um, dingoes, I call them dingoes. Like a dingo is a dickhead. Dingo, I like it. Dingo. Very Aussie. And- ah, mate. <laughs> so many of them out there. But then you'll, like even yesterday I caught up with a mate from Los Angeles and we worked together. She was my publicist in America three years ago and we always make time to catch up. And it's like... Fuck, how cool. Like every now and then you'll meet these people and you'll be like, oh, my God, you're amazing. Yeah. You What's know? your word for them? You need another word for them. They're like gems, you know, gems, like little gems. Or, and- I call guys salt of the earth. I met another yeah. really cool guy the other day. Um, he's got a podcast called The Plant Proof Podcast. You should definitely get him on here, Simon Hill. Yeah. I've Jim. heard of him actually, yeah. Another he's- cool human. I was like, fuck, you're cool. He's all around vegan living. And- yeah, loves animals, got two little sausage dogs. You know, another Cute. good one. Like every now and then you'll meet these people. I even went to a, the, a movie premiere two nights ago for a movie called Top End Wedding. Yeah. And the lead actress on it, her name's Miranda, I want to say Tap or Trap. She's a beautiful actress. And I got to watch the, the actor's Q&A at the beginning of the movie now sometimes. At premieres, yeah, they yeah, they do on. a little intro. And she was just cacking, like hacking up, laughing, and I was like, "You're a legend." You know what I'm realizing? Humans genuinely want to feel connection. Yeah. And so when you meet a real one, I didn't even get to meet her, but I could tell when I was watching her speak. I'm like, "You're the real deal." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's just like when you know when you, and that's what I think will be longevity in career. Like for people that are listening, that are like, "I've got this side hustle. I've got this." passion or whatever just be real and just keep doing what you love forget the naysayers people are going to judge you people are going to tell you that you're wasting your time or your money people are going to tell you not to do it they're dingoes or they're insecure and they're putting their own insecurities on you which isn't fair and just like honestly just march the bit of your own drum and like and those people stand out and I think that that's where you get longevity in career because like I've never bought followers everything I do is organic and it means I've got a slower build like I build slower than like yeah. people that go out and buy you know x amount of followers you know but I would rather have a real slow burn that it sets me up for longevity and it means that everything that I say is like to real people yeah exactly you not know? not and people that are going to follow you for a long time, they're not just, you know, people that are looking for more mm. fake people, bots yeah. these days. But... Yeah, stuff that. And so how did you, going back to the very beginning, I know you said you um really passionate about healthy eating and you went on your own personal journey. 
when did you go, right, I'm going to turn this into a business or I'm going to train as a nutritionist? It's really nerdy, but basically I was studying nutritional medicine. So my best mate at the time was like, you need to study this. You're frigging obsessed. Like I was reading about superfoods. I was working in fashion and I remember I was working in fashion in Melbourne winter. I'd be standing over the heater. We had one of those like, I don't know what they're called, but those little like heaters that are, you know, yay high. And I'd stand over it just reading about superfoods. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, you need to study this. And I'm like, I'm not smart enough. Like I'm a drama student. I'm a dropout drama school student, literally. Like I went from year 12 into a Bachelor of Performing Arts and dropped out after a year because I didn't want to be a drama teacher. Yeah. So like that was, and I was like, I can't do a science degree. Like I'm not smart enough. And she's like, trust me. So I enrolled and I remember I thought, oh, God, like the thought of practicing in clinic, I, the thought of helping one person at a time didn't feel right to me. And I was watching Steve Owen. Steve Owen used to be on Sunday nights. And I was watching Steve Owen and I was like, yep, I'm going to be this guy. Like this is the this is the shit for me. This is the – and I just – there was something. Was that that pivotal moment? The penny that we... drop. I was like, I'm going to be like him. And everyone's like, what are you going to do, wrestle broccoli? And I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to be myself. Yeah. I'm going to be 100% myself. I'm going to share something I'm passionate about. Like, fuck, who would have thought a, a TV show about Crocs – like a guy jumping in the wall with crocodiles would fly. But the reality is he's so passionate about animal conservation. He cares so much about spreading the word about animal con- 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 conservation. conservation yeah. Thank you. Conservation. He's so passionate about it. And the passion is what got me. And I was like, mm, this is where it's at. So halfway through my uni degree, I got three jobs. I saved up, bought a video camera and – um. I just practiced. I was rubbish to camera, rubbish. Like I would stuff up my words. That DJ guy I was living with in Sydney, uh, in um, Melbourne, we moved to the Gold Coast. I was on the Goldie with him because he was like a surfer. And he'd been on Big Brother. So he was really comfortable like when a camera Uh, came out. Can you say who he was? was, His name was Kane. He was on on like the, I think he was on the second or third one. He was basically famous for nudie runs. But he's (laughs) a legend. Like he he was was, just a larrikin, good, a great human. I couldn't say a bad thing about him. Like he was quite pivotal in me chasing my passion because I saw him with his passion with the music and I knew I didn't have that for DJing. Yeah. And so when you naturally see someone else living their passion or in It's your infectious, own, yeah, isn't it? It was a triggering thing for me in a really positive way. So I'll always be grateful because that came he came into my life to show me you can live your total dream. So um but we were we were living on the Goldie together and um I saved up, bought these video cameras and then I got a film crew actually because I was just practicing on my little handheld camera. And I had to pay for a film crew. I was like, I'm going to film it a YouTube series, yeah, which didn't really exist in like a web series. And um, I had to pay for a producer, a director to come up and film crew, which was back in those days so expensive. You couldn't just whip out your phone and start Oh, it was filming. before even those phones. What, it was before Facebook, out? mate. It yeah. was MySpace days, right? So yeah, no Twitter, I MySpace. No, yeah, <laughs> I know I'm ageing myself right now, but all good. Um and I didn't have enough money to pay for the, like, the crew to come up. And so I went into Commonwealth Bank. I, I mean, I shouldn't even say this, so don't lie to the bank. But um, <laughs> The banks I, lie to us these days, was, so it's fine. <laughs> I was like, oh, I need a loan. And they go, what for? And I go, university textbooks. And they go, okay. And I got my first, like, five grand loan. And I paid it off. So I kept 
then I paid for the crew and we filmed our first series. We filmed a second and third series. So for over a space of five, six, seven, ten years, I'd always renew. I'd always pay the loan off, but I'd always renew it, right? Yeah. And on my 30th It's resourceful. Birth, I think that's definitely a skill that was, everyone needs when they're starting their own business. Yourself. Yeah. And and um, on my 30th birthday, I paid off my car and my loan. I remember that was like, a, I was like, oh, my God, I owe no one anything right now. But um, I remember when I took that loan out, my at the time my boyfriend's parents were like don't don't get in debt so young like don't don't be in debt if I didn't get into debt and if I didn't take that loan out I could never have paid for that crew and that's what yeah. started me on like with YouTube and then from that I cold called TV saw a morning show called Nine AM with David and Kim which is an old old morning but think and like, had you created a little pilot episode nah, that you were nah, just I've called just, up I've just said- done my YouTube series like that was called fruits and roots with lola berry yeah and um i remember we were filming at mount warning one day and we we're filming about because they made this beautiful bottle of water you can still get it. it's like in this beautiful water droplet shape and we got there and they said oh do you want to shoot in our helicopter and we were like fuck yeah like yeah of course this is again before the day of drones so yeah perfect and um She's like, oh, what are you filming? And I was like, oh, it's like a health doco. We want to interview you about your water and talk about the importance of hydration, da-da-da. And she's like, oh, I thought you were filming a porno. And I said, what? <laughs> and she's like, mm, fruits and roots, Lola Berry. <laughs> you emailed me from a Gmail account. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I honestly started from people thinking that I was shooting a porno. <laughs> But yeah, I don't even know where your question where the question <laughs> went. Know, great. Is that on, you know, that's always a second plan B, isn't it? Oh, if my things goodness. don't work out. Well, I guess the name suits it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's cute. <laughs> I've lost my train of thought too now. <laughs> I know. So did you turn it to like sexy times? Everyone's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could, we'll say that for another podcast, of course, I think. Of course. Series of course, two. Of course. Um, so did anything come of that? Like when you started contacting the TV networks? Oh, that's where we were. Did it get we? picked up? Yeah, or? I just cold called and they said, um, so I flew down to Melbourne. It was a Channel, Channel 10 show, Nine with David and Kim. And the first girl that ever put me on TV, Lucy Roach, I always thank her in every book I ever do because she was one that took a risk on me and she was my segment producer. And um, they said, can you just come on and talk about using YouTube to spread a good message about health? And I was like, yeah, no worries. Did the segment. They called cut and they're like, oh, my God, can we sign you? So Brilliant. I signed. Wow. I pretty much signed 10 on the spot and I had like a weekly segment about health. Um, my website broke at that moment where everyone's like, I need to buy a book. And then I quickly started writing my first book. And that's right. So you like, hadn't thought about doing the book no way. before you just thought, right. And okay. I just based it around my TV segments. Like I'd write one on mood food, a chapter on mood food, a chapter on like stuff to make you sleep. Like and it was just all the segments I was doing on TV. Yeah. And then it just took off from there, the your community and building your audience was that no it was different to that so this is building audiences building communities social media wasn't really a thing yet so it was more tv was massive yeah and i still think it is like i still think you can't beat good old tv i still love like feel there's something so magical about television and and oh i love it time stops me when i'm shooting like i it's it's so fun. It's so fascinating. It's a currency that although we are moving more into a digital age, I still think it's a currency that won't go anywhere like film and television. It's escapism. Yeah. So I don't it's think entertainment, it's entertainment, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think it's going to go anywhere. Like I know I love Netflix. I love Hey You. Like I'm so 
I, I find them, I find it also fascinating. So, and obviously having my drama background, like it just, I love it. Yeah. And you obviously love storytelling and yeah. communicating I love in it. a fun way that's totally different to how anyone else in the health space is doing it. Yeah. I know. I just feel like when I film or like this kind of stuff, time styles, like I just like, well, oh, I could do it all day. Writing is harder for me. Like I have to sit down and really focus or, you know move my mind into a different space in order to do that. So no, I've never enjoyed the writing process. I've always loved the book photo shoots. Yeah. You know, I've loved the two-week shoot where we're shooting every recipe and shooting yoga poses and there's like a whole creative team. Like that's where I'm like, oh, like that's sign That's when you flow and it's. Yeah. But, I mean, you still have to do those other things because I think some people starting their own business like, yes, this is aligned to my passion and I'm just going to love every minute and, but actually, you've still got to do some of the, like, I hate numbers and accounting and cash flow. But if I didn't have that, I wouldn't have a business. So, you know, with things like you were saying with the writing, have you trained yourself to just to with do that? With the writing, I, for me, I, was, I found the love. And the love for me was, like, how cool to create something tactile that people can actually take and have and own and have in their kitchen. Yeah. And my goal is always to inspire. So I'm like, if I can create something that might spark a little bit of inspiration for someone, job done. So I'd always come back to my purpose as to why I was doing it. So I love writing and, like, I'd get into these, like, like I'd just get into these, like, beautiful rhythms if I was writing about passion. I loved writing about breakup. Normally the stuff that I was like, this is sick, they're, like, edited out of the books and that's all, like, too much information. And I'm like, oh, but everyone goes through this shit, like, and so... I've always loved it. But, yeah, as far as, like, the the stuff that I don't enjoy, it's funny you say that, like, I don't enjoy clinical practice, so I don't do it because I don't want to take that job away from somebody else that's amazing at it. I don't enjoy bookkeeping. I outsource now. Yeah. But I'm also at a stage where I've been lucky enough to be able to do that. But it saved me so much time and stress and in the big picture money because I've put my my energy somewhere else and my bookkeeper I've worked with since I was about 24 so I, we've worked together solidly so well for so long that we've got quite a good little flow about us um but yeah like I think owning my smoothie bar I learned to do a lot of shit I didn't want to do like I didn't realize how full-on hospitality was and I thought oh sick I'm gonna write some smoothie recipes I'm gonna rock up you know like I'll chat to people and like Fuck, if people don't like a smoothie, like I've seen pictures, people post on Instagram of throwing a smoothie in the bin. Like you've got people writing you wow. hate shit. I've got, like, I remember it was a, so I'm not, the staff are trained. I'm, I've just sold my smoothie bar, but the staff were trained. They knew the recipes back to front, everything. Like I never knew them. Yeah, I, I went the there. They, I remember the yeah. staff. They were so lovely. It's like a well-oiled machine, but like I'm not training that. I wrote the recipes, but I don't know like, because it's because the way we've set it up, there was like certain islands for like, you know, the spinach was in one section, the frozen bananas were in a different section, the milks were in like in different areas. It was like a, a really amazing like team. So different people would do different parts. And I remember we had the night markets on one night and I always would always like Insta and do little live vids from the cool room or like it's because it gets so hot there. And This um, is in the Melbourne. Yeah, for Melbourne. anyone that doesn't know, happy place in South Melbourne. Melbourne Market. South Melbourne, yeah. And um, I remember someone wrote, so disappointed in you, Lola. You weren't helping the girls and were so busy. And like I wrote back to that person and said, 
I actually don't know. I wouldn't even know how. Like, I wouldn't even. And I was getting them ice from the other cafes, and I always run around and help the girls and stuff. And I was just like, fuck, customers always right. Like, so sorry you feel that way. Have a smoothie on me next time you come in. And yep. then, like, ne- neutral, like, the whole situation calmed down. But I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, customer was hard, yeah, yeah. yeah. And also managing personalities, managing, like, a lot of young girls' personalities. Probably wouldn't do that again. Yeah. But you please, you you know, that's obviously a way that you diversified your brand and generated another revenue stream. Fuck yeah. It was cool. And it was like, I learned so much. My business partner is like such a guru and he's like a mogul. And like, I learned about the power of letting go as well. And I learned like even when we sold it, um, when we first all decided to sell, and I, it was really cool. Like I was given the op- option to buy out the partners and they're like, you can make this your baby Lola. You can buy us at a really low rate and it's yours. And I thought if I do this, I'm going to play it safe. Like if I stay and with my smoothie bar in Melbourne and, you know, live in the, like this is a safe future for me. This is yeah. really safe. This is comfortable. And I was like, no, like they're a big, big dream. So you're someone to- that has to keep, you keep pushing the boundaries, keep... Just follow your dharma. So in yoga, dharma is bliss and passion. And um, I would say my passion isn't in hospo. So although I see myself doing other little cool pop-up businesses in the future, I I highly doubt that I would open a smoothie bar. I mean, you say that neck minute, you open a smoothie (laughs) bar, but... um, and how do you connect with your dharma? Like for people listening, like how how do I do that? You get a feeling in your heart. I mean, I'm is the same kinesthetic with a feeling. Like I'm a kinesthetic. Like I've done my Reiki course, and and the chick goes far out. Your healing method is kinesthetic. Like I'll go by feeling. Yeah. I am also so bloody good at reading people, so I can walk into a room and be like, legend, dickhead, depressed, happy, glowing, going through shit insecure like you can read because you read the energies the i can within like three minutes of talking to someone you can get a vibe of where they're at even my therapist is like that's your like superpower you can read people and i'm like i've always known it i'll get a feeling i'll be like they don't like me or they're threatened by me and i don't know why and often if if someone doesn't like me like i'm like challenges on mate like and i'll try and like switch them but yeah fuck you can't win them all but um, as far as like listening to your dharma and tuning into like what your superpower or like your intuition is, like fuck, really listen to how you feel. Yeah. When you're living your passion or your dharma, time will stop. Like you'll have to wind me up today. You'll be like, okay, we're on time. <laughs> or like, you know, you'll have to tell me when I've got, I wouldn't even know. Like I've got no idea. We could have been talking for 10 minutes. Now we could have been talking for, I don't know how long we've been yeah. talking, you know, like. So that's dharma. That's doing things that you just love and, like, that has to be your compass. Otherwise you're going to end up working for somebody else's dharma. Which most people do, don't they, really? Most people are stuck in corporate jobs they really aren't happy about. Totally, 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 totally. And even, like, it's it's so – it takes so much courage and it takes – so – I learned this. I went, I had a real penny drop moment. I saw this dude speak, Gary V. Oh, yeah, I've seen him speak. He's very polarizing. You reminded me of him when you said you don't care, you know, it doesn't feed. Like he talks about not caring about the likes and not caring about the negativity. So it's you're making sure that when you do a post, you're not like 
fed by, oh, I've got this amount of likes. He says he just doesn't care whether you he gets. You can't care because also the algorithms are biting everyone in the butthole. Yeah. So, like, you can't. Like, one week I'll put a photo up and be like, oh, that got 2,000 likes, sick. And the next day I'm like, that one got 100 Okay, and it's the content's very similar. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. so you're never gonna win. You're never gonna win them all. But I went to Gary V. I saw Gary V. speak, and um, it was amazing. He's got a very like assertive and aggressive nature when he presents. But and a lot of women don't respond to him. But I and like in the room was mainly masculine, and I, but I love it for some reason. I don't know if I've got a bit of fire in me or something. But I was like, this is sick. He said two things that really hit home with me. The first one was he said, I challenge everybody in this room to go to a retirement home and look at the faces of people in there. And he said, and he goes, you need to see what regret looks like. Oh, gosh. I know, right? In the room that was makes like, me could, feel sick inside just could, sort of looking. Yeah, you could hear a pin drop. Makes you think, hurry up. I've got so much more to do. Correct. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. Okay. So that was really cool for me. I was like, great. That makes me think. I've got to be more fearless. Yeah. And then um, the other thing he said, he said, is the most successful people in the world love failing. And because I've failed track loads, publicly and not publicly, I've like, like I've had beautiful business meetings with Happy Place at the moment we decided to sell and I just bawled my eyes out in front of a boardroom with all the business partners, all men, and I'm like this like chick just bawling her eyes out and the guy's like, what the fuck are we going to do here? And it was really nice. I've got this beautiful, one of the business partners, his name's Locke, and he he goes, mate, I'm going to walk you out. And he walked me out and I said, I'm just scared I'm going to lose my friends because I'd be business partners. You become mates. And he goes, oh, my God, come here. He gave me a hug. And he was like, is that what you're worried about? And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to lose my friends. And he's like, we're not fucking going anywhere, lols. Like, and, he, and, he's, and it was, and I've seen them probably more now than what I did when I had a business with them, and and that's when, yeah, like that. Technically, I thought, oh fuck, that's a failure, crying in front of my business partners. And then I was like, no, no way. And then it was really funny. I had to see them like three and four times after at like the really hard. There's a hard side to selling businesses where all emotion has to be at the door. Like yeah. you have to be able to go. This is just a dollar sign right now. We ha- and I and because my heart is in it, my name was on the fucking door. Like I was like, found it really hard to kind of like leave that at the door. And um, it was really interesting. And that's when the Gary V like be okay with paying. I'm like, I don't give a fuck if I end up crying. And as soon as I did that, I never cried. And even when yeah, because like, you've accepted it. Yeah, and even when we had to. Um, like we kind of like role played some media things. We were like, we didn't know how it was going to go down. Like, and one of my business partners said something. I said, are you fucking right? You're throwing me under the bus right now. And we, and, and I was like, oh my God, where'd that come from? And I was like, I just didn't care. Yeah. And then he was like, yeah, you're right. And you know, we end up having a big laugh about it, but I think that's, that You need those conversations. It comes from not giving a shit. Yeah. And not being afraid of failing. Because it was that hard, you know, lots of people are quite scared to even put their face out there or their name out there. And you've really, you've exposed yourself, haven't you? You're using your your name, your, you know, you're sharing details about your life that lots of people don't. So has that ever been hard or has ever been Um, The biggest lesson for me, and it happened probably four years ago now, and it would be considered my biggest career failure, was to me my biggest career highlight. And someone said to me, stop calling it a highlight. And I'm like, it is absolutely a highlight for me because it taught me that no one fucking has your back in this industry. So I bought out a diet plan, a four-week diet plan, and um, it was just about changing your mental 
dialogue and how that affects your health. And it was just a really good four-week diet plan aimed at weight loss. Yeah. We were launching it on Boxing Day when we all know we were indulged on Christmas Day. You want to start the detox on Boxing Day. Like it was just smart marketing. Anyway, my business partner at the time came home and he goes, what are we going to call it? He goes, we can't call Lola's four-week plan. You sound like every other health person that's got an online plan. He's like, we can't call it healthy eating. Like we can't call it. He goes, and that day I was writing um, – I was writing that working on the plan, I'd just gone through a breakup and I needed a whole block of marvellous creation. <laughs> you know that, you know yeah. that. It's like totally laced with something. I don't know what, but it's <laughs> delicious. And I hadn't just eaten one, I eaten the whole block of a family block. And I said, oh, my God, I've just eaten a whole block of chocolate. I wish I could call it Stop Being a Fat Bitch. And he goes, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I go, no way, I'll get smashed. And he's like, no. He go- and he goes, women can't talk to themselves like this. Yeah. He goes, how many women look in the mirror that are really healthy and like, I still do it. I'm like, oh, what about here? Oh, I look a bit bloated. Oh, right before my period, my boobs are like, I call them porn star boobs. Like they get <laughs> massive and I'm doing yoga and I feel like I'm just eating boob. Like, um, and I still feel like I'll still look in the mirror and go, oh, I don't feel really good today. Like, absolutely. And he goes, we need to shine a light on the way women speak to themselves. And so it was called Stop Being a Fat Bitch, um, Change Your Mental Dialogue, Change Your Life. Which is so true. As soon as you change that mental dialogue, something shifts, doesn't it? Because you're not being nasty to yourself. Right. And when you know where it comes from and can understand where it comes from. Anyway, so it came out on Boxing Day. Within two hours, like the Daily Telegraph were like career suicide and I got smashed by my own audience. So that's where I've learned very quickly to not give a shit if I don't get liked. Um, and then other health influencers who I thought were my mates were using it to post against me like well, women should just, be backing women people that are all my mates it, but you were back did they just not get it the no what the... so no one did like it was a current affair ran it it was like i got like i got um quarter of a million dollars worth of deals all frozen so everything was ice that i was working on um i like people were like we don't know if we're gonna sign you like I, big deals were like all like we need to see how this goes down um and it just wow did and, you come out and what was your you know, I was allowed. Reaction to so it. I was I was legally gagged. So I wasn't allowed to. I wasn't allowed to answer any media calls. I wasn't allowed to. It's different now. Like I'd be like, "Fuck off!" I'm gonna make. <laughs> I I'm gonna say, because it was an honest. It was sharing yeah. something. It was actually and it came from a really good place. It's... It was just sharing what I said to myself. So they said, "All right." It was when Instagram would only let you post fifteen second videos. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah. And um, they said you can do one apology video. And I did one apology video and that ran on a current affair the next night. And that was you said, did that feel not right to you? Like no, having no, to like apologize, I knew I had one you... shot and I just didn't want to fuck it up. Um, and I knew I wanted to say sorry and because I didn't want, like at the end of the day, I don't want to fucking hurt someone. I would never call someone fat. I'd call myself fat. Yeah. Um, but I would never call someone else. And so the fact that it was misconstrued and that I was calling other women fat obviously is fucking horrible. And so I was really upset. So I was crying and stuff when I did that apology. Um, But the coolest lesson for me is no one had my fucking back. Business, personal. My dad was like, you'll be right. He didn't know what to do because he's like, oh, like, look, this is really weird. Like, and, and bless his cotton socks. Like they didn't know. He's like, you've been through this before. I'm like, no, I haven't, dad. Um, and I do love him. He's amazing, but like no one knew. So I reckon I had five friends that helped me through that. Yeah. 
and I still remember the dickheads that like that spoke against me publicly. They probably Gosh. don't even remember doing it. And there was one influencer that stood up for me. Everyone and else. you remember them forever, don't yeah. you? Really, those people. every time I see them, I'm like, I remember what you did for me. But a few, a few amazing friends did that too publicly. Like, and and it's really funny. Once the apology happened, then it flipped, and it was a beautiful like acceptance, and a lot of people were really embracing me, and it became a very beautiful experience. Yeah. Um, but it was the most powerful business lesson for me because I know I'll walk into a room and be talking to an investor and I know I'm merely a dollar sign to them. Yeah. Like being It teaches aware. you to be a lot more, like I've learned that in business as well. I used to be so trusting of everyone mm-hmm. and, oh, well, I'll do this favour for them and it will come back. It never came back. You know, mm-hmm. now I'm a lot more ruthless, but not in a nasty way, just in a like, you've got to look after yourself, haven't you? 100%. Only way to live. Yeah, if you don't, no one else is going to. Fuck no. Yeah. Like at at all. Yeah. Like at all. Like you have to have your own back. If you want to work in media and as an influencer, you have to have your own back because everyone's like the amount of time people are like, I want to be what you're doing and I'm like, great, it's fucking hard and you have to be in it for the right reasons because the amount of people that are in it for fame, good luck, please, like please They good don't luck last to long. I've seen them come and go. They'd... We all have. Yeah. We all have. Like in the, the like the reality, like uh, the reality kind of like Australian reality TV world and you come off reality and like it's rare that people's career lasts really well after that. Yeah, that's why like you were saying, you've got to come from a really authentic place, something you. I went on, I can't remember saying this, so I won't make name names, but I remember I went on a date with someone that had been on a reality show, right? Can you give us a clue which one? Are we talking? Nah, it was a it was a cooking show. Yeah. And so he got off and he was like talk of the town for a while. We went on a date and we were sitting opposite each other like you and I are. Yeah. And he kept peering over my shoulder. And I go, is there something wrong? And he goes, I'm just looking for paparazzi. <laughs> and I said, oh, pardon? Gosh. And he goes, most girls call paparazzi on me. And I was like. What? I did not. <laughs> I did not. And I was like, I need to write a book about like crazy dating scenarios. But anyway. Um, oh, yeah. I love it. So yeah. did the date end quite quickly after that yeah. one? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like bless his cotton socks. Years later, I like caught up with him. I was like, you're a dick, mate. And anyway, <laughs> yeah. we're like, you learn pretty quickly. Like also like I'm obviously a fiery personality. So like I'm polarizing. So guys figure out pretty quick if they're on team lol or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i love it it's another podcast isn't it dating tips oh man maybe you should you've done books ranging from you know every, it's not just been food has it it's been yoga and that happiness thing really comes into it so maybe yeah dating is the next dating one. 101 i'm sure my boyfriend now will be like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah well actually i looked on your youtube and you have got a, a pre-date yoga yeah. sequence yeah so that's it's so cool. handy it's all heart opening stuff so you work on opening your heart chakra so you know we spend so much time on laptops on our phones and you're actually kind of blocking your heart like you want to peel it open you want to be open and I think you want to live from that space like this morning I knew I was doing a podcast so I did a heart opening yoga sequence oh it's lovely you know, yeah you're giving your best like there's an amazing singer called Licky Lee and she does phenomenal by the way you should look her up she does wheel pose before she goes on stage open yeah just heart. to open I do my superwoman pose where I look up to the look up and apparently by looking up you're getting good energy coming down and oh I lie. feel powerful it's quite just an easy I, I might steal that. Yeah, That's great. Try that one. Right. 
Uh, so what's next for you now? You've, you know, you mentioned, uh, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say, but you'd mentioned yeah. maybe like looking at the States and doing yeah. some more things over there. Yeah, so I'm going to bring a product out in the next six weeks, which is exciting. Um, it's kind of like a, a brain tonic is what I'm allowed to say. Ah. So a real like brain booster. Um actually because my boyfriend um has a bit of anxiety and so yeah. like we were always like kind of like trying to figure out how to hack his brain so like we'll take his magnesium and his gabba at night and then in the mornings we both want to feel like completely on point and i i guess i went down the like dave asprey bulletproof path for a while where you're adding like butter and mct oil to your coffee and then you know like and and having that real like keto diet and, and so i've tried all these different like hacks and cbd so, have you tried that sort yes of i have isn't it? i have i don't know if i'm allowed to say but i've like made my own weed butter before am i allowed to say that yeah not. it's gonna be legal soon i'm sure yeah like i love all, like i love all that stuff so yeah we've just been hacking so i'm gonna bring a product out pretty soon which i'm fucking pumped about i'm really excited about it and is that because what's the aim of that you want more people to be feel ang- good feel yeah and be anxiety and- yeah feel feel good for not much money and it's accessible and easy and tastes fucking great yeah um so it's cost a lot to do because i'm not willing to compromise on flavor um but yeah it's really cool i'm i'm really really excited about it and then i know i'm re- i'm just like really sharing where i'm at at the moment and then of course like yeah the big dreams are like stuff in other countries and yeah. chasing that dream. And then the ultimate goal is to live in a treehouse one day. So fingers and toes oh, across for that. It. Yeah. You can definitely make that happen. Totally. Are you good building at building things? No. Are you getting me to – does your boyfriend good at that? No. Nah, he's, he's totally on board with the treehouse though. He's like, he's like, can we skip the whole like build an empire and just go and live straight to the treehouse? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, it doesn't work like that, mate. <laughs> We've got to get success. We've got to do what we love. But also I'm obsessed with working. Like I love it. Like he's like, I'll just be the stay-at-home dad. I'm like, go for it, which is not happening anytime soon. But like <laughs> um, I might go for it, mate, because I know I'm going to have to – I'm a little – Pocket rocket, like I know I can't. I'm jumping around in my seat as I say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep going in that direction and keep yeah. on. Yeah, getting the word out there really, yeah. isn't it? And the more people you reach, the more influence you have yeah. and, totally. yeah, the happier you make people. Yeah, totally. Um, and just I could chat to you all day, of, but um, we do need to wrap up. I know. <laughs> I've seen how fast this has gone. It's crazy. Um, I was just going to say, yeah, with, with just think, talking about how, if you've ever had to compromise yourself or ever, have you ever had opportunities come like from a brand sense um, where you've gone, oh, doesn't quite fit or, you know, and you've said yes to some things or have you always been very good at saying no and not compromising on your um, integrity? Some non-negotiables I won't compromise on. So even a gig came through yesterday and I was like, I don't even eat that product so I'm just not going to do it. Yeah, and it, like it doesn't matter what the dollar sign is next to it. I'm like, I'm not interested. It's not something I I, don't, I believe in walking the talk. So like, I'm not going to share stuff that I'm not going to consume, and yeah, like, especially with brand stuff. So that's easy for me. Like, I don't eat gluten or dairy, so that cuts a big part of the market out for me, which doesn't bother me at all because I'd rather it be like in line with what I do. Um, People just turn off though, don't they? If you if you end up promoting something that's not right, it's yeah. You, know, you can just, feel it a mile. Yeah. You can see the people that are doing that too. That's very clear. Yeah. Um. But nah. I just honestly, I just like 
I'm I'm very comfortable saying no. Like, and that would be some advice for your listeners. Like, get so comfortable saying no. Like, um, recently I gave a talk for like a mate, and I was like, I'm not doing that again. Like, I compromised myself, and to the point that I gave myself a panic attack. Really, it felt and you so just... bad. Yeah, I had heart palpitations, started sweating, and I threw up. That's how much my Gosh. body was like. Your body tells you, doesn't it? It really does. And I was like, does. I'm out of here. Like, I did it. I did what I had to do. And I was like, fucking get me out. And after I finished the talk, they're like, can we book another one? And I was like, not nah, sorry. No way. Just said no. And said yeah. no. Sorry. So, and, and I quickly told, told my agents, I was like, I had this situation. They're like, blame it on us and just say no. We said no. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, great. Because no, it's, it's not worth it. And actually, I remember... I felt so sick physically and then the day after that I binged because I was so out of kilter with who I was and it was so not in line with any of my passions that I was so like on edge that my even my therapist goes, you need to stop. He's like, where is your fuck it line in the sand? Like he's right, like your boundaries, set yeah. those boundaries. And he's like, because I have a history of eating disorders, it, I know when that ha- starts happening, when my eating gets really like uncomfortable and doesn't feel natural anymore, that's my intuition going, ease up, something's not right here. I and mean, how do you do that? Because lots of business owners listening get caught up in stress and they, you know, can get overwhelmed and take take projects on that aren't aligned to, you know, their core. How do you bring yourself back? Uh, I think I've started backing myself more. So I'm very, very comfortable kind of going in the big picture. This isn't going to serve me. A really great mate of mine, I fucking love her Instagram post, but she posted this thing and it's the five by five rule. And if it's not going to matter to you in five years time, don't spend more than five minutes thinking about it. So if a little gig comes into me and it's like, we want you to do this big speaking gig, we're going to give you like a thousand bucks and it's going to take fucking five hours of my time, I'm like, in five years' time, that $1,000 is not going to be worth the stress I'm going to go through. Yeah. So I'll just go, no thanks. I've spent no more than five minutes talking about it, not interested. And I'm going to you know try what? that. Yeah, five by five rule. And also you're actually making space for better shit to come in. Yeah. Like you're literally not going to lose. Yeah, so true. And people have just got this fear, and this is the last thing I want to share with the audience. I know I've probably gone over time, but like, my therapist taught me this word, and it's an Australian Indigenous word. It's number layer. It means to live free of fear. We're so driven by fear. Most of our choices are by fear because we don't want to run out of money, because we don't want people to think poorly of us, because we want to keep people happy. Stop caring. Like stop fearing things that are unnecessary. Like fear-based shit is no good. Like um, I even said to my boyfriend that I'm like, oh, my God, that person like gives fear-based love. Like love with like condition, like and and it's like protection and all that. And I'm like, that's not that's not right. Like I'm like, it's got to be free. Yeah, true love love is unconditional. Yeah, correct. So pull the fear out of things, and you watch. Do the five by five rule number one, but number two, like imagine if fear didn't exist, you would do so much more stuff. Good point to end on, and also leads us perfectly into the five. Final five questions Ooh, I want to ask you. Fun. I so like whatever this. comes to your head first. I love this. The fire, like fast, fiery. <laughs> fast, okay. fiery five. Uh, number one, biggest challenge and hurdle you've overcome? The stop being a fat bitch diet plan. Daily habit that helps you stay motivated? Yoga. Advice to your younger self? 
Yeah, you're always going to be too skinny for someone or too fat for someone else. So just you do you. A good habit or skill to develop in business. Assertiveness. And finish this sentence. An influencer is dot, dot, dot. An influencer is somebody that can help others. Lovely. Thank you. Mm. And thanks, everyone, for listening. If you you. want to uh, follow Lola and hear more, go to her Instagram. Is there any other places that people can connect with you? Would you? Mainly I do Insta and um, I've started doing YouTube vids. So okay. I love a bit of YouTube. It's Just very Google like Lola Berry. small community. It's still fruits and roots, mate. It's still the original one from years ago. <laughs> um, but it's small community, but it's, there's no filter there because, yeah, so I like, just enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, nice. All right, thanks for listening, everyone, and um, get in touch um, if you want to. Oh, hang on. <laughs> I've lost, lost my train of thought now. Um, basically, just write a review or subscribe. Okay, bye. Bye.